Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today we're talking about reactive versus responsive behaviors. So what we're looking at is uh, when we're seeing things that our horse is doing, behaviors from our horse, uh, are we seeing a behavior or a reaction that they just, they don't really have any control over, they don't have conscious control over it, or are we seeing it as a behavior that they're consciously doing to try and communicate something to us? So uh, what the reactive behaviors are is like an environmental stimulus has triggered a nervous system activation response. So the nervous system reacts to the environmental trigger subconsciously without necessarily an awareness from the horse. And it takes, you know, maybe a good couple of seconds before the horse kind of gets itself together and realizes what, what it's actually done versus, uh, you know, when a horse consciously displays a behavior in a way of trying to communicate to us or trying to get us to do something that they want. So a couple of examples of what a reactive behavior would look like. This startle reflex is actually a reflex behavior. So the same as if we were to go to the doctors and they do the reflex test of like tapping the knee and, and the leg like kicks up and we have zero conscious control over that happening. That is a reflex. The startle reflex is the same. The horses don't actually have conscious control over it. It fires, I think, something like two seconds before the prefrontal cortex, um, the rational thinking part of their brain kicks in. And so what what we're seeing is that flight instinct triggered. This is going to be triggered far easily, far more easily, if our horses are you know, up higher, like closer to threshold, closer to tipping point, um, in that more reactive state of their brain, they're not particularly feeling safe, um, either you know due to environmental changes, herd dynamic changes, taking away their security blanket, if it's like someone in the herd or if it's you. Uh, something that's making them already not feel safe or stressed. So the same as for like our performance pressure. If we're drilling a particular movement and we're trying to, you know, crack a particular thing with our horse, then we can tend to see that they're getting closer to threshold just from the stress of the work. And so the startle reflex can kick in really, really quickly from something as simple as, you know, a twig snapping 
or a bird flying out of a bush or <laughs> the little, you know, feral mini that doesn't know how to stay in any of these fences. <laughs> uh, any of those, you know, little things where their nervous system is already on high alert and um, receiving messages from their environment that they're not safe. And then the startle reflex is going to just trigger without them having conscious control over it. So this is actually what we see in what we would call a broke horse is that they'd still have that startle response and then you know maybe five seconds later they they come back to the walk and and they settle back down again oh sorry I didn't mean to (laughs) didn't mean to get the sillies on that Uh, whereas our horses that you know you would traditionally call unbroken or green or sensitive or reactive you know that that startle reflex will trigger it and then they won't come back down to the walk into relaxation they just run on the adrenaline and they go into blind flight and there's zero control that's really a place we don't want to be in with our horses so even though we can have an awareness of this startle reflex being uncontrollable by the horse doesn't make it any less scary because a lot of us can't sit it (laughs) i have a good couple of students that can um you know sit a startle because as far as like big horse behaviors go under saddle, it is one of our smaller ones because they stop themselves, they pull themselves up after the startle. Uh, but it's a very quick movement. They're going, they can be going from the walk to, you know, taking what would feel like the bolt, but it's not really because they stop themselves. Um, so it's moving forward, like accelerating very quickly. Um, or even sideways, you know, accelerating sideways very quickly. And so that startle response can really give us a fright as well. And that in itself is also going to feed into the horse. Um, Another time, it's not necessarily a reflex, but we can unconscious, like, trigger unconscious responses from the nervous system from our horse and this is a lot of what we're doing when we're training green horses is we're trying to reshape their conscious emotional reaction to the ask but initially and then even sometimes with our more educated horses we're going to come across some um you know behaviors that the horse is just reacting to us they're just like either reacting to you know the the mental space that we're in or to just you know what is being asked of them in general maybe something's happened and there's been a shift in herd dynamics so their emotional resilience and their stress resilience isn't where it normally is and so they just need some additional support so an example of this one is we just recently integrated a little black pony into the herd and Gunnar has been (laughs) chasing him um, a little bit to to kind of tell him where he sits in relation to the other horses and um, when what food he's allowed to have and when he's allowed to have it and those kinds of things. Gunner is definitely the one that sets the rules in in the paddock. And so um, I don't know him very well just yet. I I don't think I've even handled him. I've just kind of, he's very curious. He's very investigative. (laughs) Sorry, can't get that one out this morning. And so he will um, confidently and curiously approach me in the paddock and he'll come over and he'll have pats and whatnot. And so I actually was quite 
relaxed around him. And this is one of the things that I teach the kids at camp is not to get too comfortable when you're around horses because that's always when you get hurt. And so when I was walking past him yesterday, I uh, gave him just a little touch on the rump like I would do when I'm moving past any horses, just a, hey, letting you know I'm here. I don't, I'm not a threat, just a gentle pat on their on their butt to say hi friend and uh, I guess what he was expecting from that touch was for, for me to chase him and so he spooked and he kind of shot off sideways. Thankfully the choice was to run and not to kick because <laughs> some of the horses they will choose to kick instead of run but what had happened is that you know where I think thought that I was giving you know a gentle gesture of hi friend uh, we didn't have enough rapport for me to touch him on the butt yet. <laughs> and so I really, you know, we can get into these situations where we forget, uh, you know, what is appropriate in our conversations with our horses. Most of the horses I'm super comfortable and confident with coming up beside them and running my hand over their butt to, to say, hi, friend. But, you know, I, I do forget that it's not appropriate to do with strangers. <laughs> And that was one of the things with Zodi is like, because he has that previous trauma and he has so much distrust in humans, like that area of their hindquarters is so vulnerable, they don't feel safe letting others into that space. And so, you know, it actually took me a good year of just doing our connection and relaxation work with Zodi before he actually let me around, like he he actually physically put me in behind his hindquarters into his blind spot and allowed me to touch there. And so you can see where this conversation goes in two ways. Is like, I feel safe when I'm around your hindquarters because it means that you feel safe to be vulnerable around me, you trust me, you have confidence in me, you feel safe. Um, however, I can't, I have to remember not to just like put myself in that position with horses that are unknown, even though I feel so comfortable there with like other horses that are confident and curious in approaching me and we have that good relationship with. So there's always like a yes, but no (laughs) in in every situation in in training that we're working in is like, yes, we want to be able to move around their hindquarters and we want them to feel safe for us to touch their butt. And we want to, you know, move around them in a way that they don't feel threatened and that they want to kick us. But we have to build that rapport and that connection and that relationship with our horse for them to feel safe that they're going to allow us into this place where they're super vulnerable. They are very vulnerable, you know, directly behind their tail is their blind spot. So they will put their friends into that blind spot for them to eat or sorry, for them to sleep so that somebody is standing guard of their blind spot so that they can feel safe to relax and to sleep. And so when Gunnar has a sleep, what he actually does is he puts the herd eating the round bale directly behind him in that blind spot. He does like that perpendicular right angle, right angle, that is the full word, right angle, uh, of putting the herd directly behind him so that he feels safe that he can have a sleep. And so this is, you'll see it with horses, especially like in a two horse herd dynamic is they'll stand um, in that right angle, corner angle, where the the horses will stand perpendicular, one 
um, at the other's tail. So it's generally what we would call the lead horse in the herd is the one whose hindquarter is marked by the other horse who's standing at that right angle to their tail. And so they both have visual of each other's blind spots. I don't know if any of those words <laughs> made sense, but there are pictures on our Facebook and our Instagram of the horses doing it for your reference. Uh, so, you know, that, that hindquarter place of them is very vulnerable. And until they feel safe, they are going to be more reactive of us doing things in that area. They're going to spook a lot quicker because, you know, if you're a prey animal and you're running away from a predator, that is where the predators typically, you know, latch onto when they're chasing you. So it is uh, an area of their body that they are very protective of and very reactive towards. So another situation where we can see, you know, reactive behaviors from our horses is uh, frustration in learning. Part of our, you know, holistic horse handling is module four of our emotional agility. The emotional agility is how we help our horses navigate, you know, the difficulties of, of learning and the stress that's in, involved for them. And so um, particularly if they don't know what the answer is or if they're not receiving task achievement, they're going to get periods of frustration. And so helping them shift out of that frustrated state to keep working towards um, that goal together, they can become disengaged in the exercise. And so how are we going to re-engage them? Um and then also, obviously, like for those situations where excessive positive punishment has been used, we are potentially going to get either super scared horses that are always trying to run away from us or get away from us like Zodi, or we're going to end up with horses that feel threatened by humans and so can escalate to more aggressive behaviors. And it is that self-protect mechanism of I don't feel safe. So... Anytime that we're working with our horse in training and we're seeing a behavior, we want to understand, you know, is what we're doing firing a reactive response from the nervous system that they just don't really have any control of? And also what is, you know, that emotional response firing in work? So quite often when it comes to work, it can be fresh. It's most likely frustration or, um, you know, performance anxiety where they're not getting what we're wanting them to get or, you know, even when we do task achievement and um, sense of satisfaction for task achievement really well, when we start like really hitting that dopamine response, we're going to get a significantly more of um, that performance anxiety and so we can end up getting their energy too far up just in them trying to please us and trying to achieve that task achievement and feel good for for their effort and for their work. So there is a really conscious way of, of structuring your training session so that you have an awareness of, you know, what emotional responses you're firing in your horses so that you kind of keep them engaged without disconnecting and without overwhelming them and pushing them into performance anxiety so we're going to, you know, bring them down into to relaxation and look for our relaxation cues. And then how are we going to bring that positive work ethic up, which is generally our task achievement? And then what are we going to reward for? What are we going to finish for? What are we going to, you know, what signals should our horse, are we looking for in our horses that we need to do stop and relax? 
So we're really paying attention with our emotional agility in our horse's uh, response to our ask. And if we can catch it on, you know, the subtles, like, for example, if the horse is getting frustrated and so they're trying to be emotionally agile and disengage, we can see it with them just dropping eye contact before, you know, it escalates to other behaviors or we can see them getting scared we can catch it when it's just, again, like losing eye contact, but the head comes high and, you know, their top line goes tense or, you know, there's, there's different little body languages that we're seeing in our horses in response to our ask that we can identify if, um, you know, how they're feeling in response to the ask and we can use our emotional agility exercises to reshape that response. That's where we're going to have those reactive responses from the nervous system. When it comes to our responsive, um, responsive responses, I'm not sure how to word this, <laughs> when it comes to how our horse is like, um, you know, thinking about what they're doing, thinking about the behavior. An example of this is, you know, um, again, Gunner is really good for this, <laughs> is um, if he's telling the other horses to go away, you'll, you'll see him stomp his foot first he'll do a stomp and that will be his little warning to say hey give me space you're in my bubble and I don't want you in it or you know angel will pin her ears and curl her nostrils um you know the little behaviors that the horses are doing consciously to to communicate something the challenge of you know the handler the person working with the horse is being able to interpret um these like body languages as has is this horse actually trying to communicate something so for example another time that a horse might be telling you to do something is when they kind of flick their tail at you but sometimes they're also just flicking their tail to to chase flies and so it's not always easy to differentiate between a body language that is them directly telling you to do something and then them um just you know doing horses doing life <laughs> uh one really good one to look for really is the eye contact though so if you're like the horses are incredibly communicative through eye contact and they'll drop eye contact if that um eye contact is too overwhelming and too overstimulating for them they feel intimidated by it like they have to feel very comfortable with being vulnerable with you for you to be able to hold that eye contact with them for them to feel safe to communicate. This is one of our um, skills in our compassionate leadership skills is that psychological safety does your horse feel safe to communicate its needs to you. If it doesn't feel safe to communicate its needs to you, you're not going to see responsive behaviors of it trying to communicate to you. You're only going to get to see the reactive behaviors like, you know, that you've got them so far that they can't actually control themselves anymore. We're getting to the point of firing the nervous system. We're firing emotional responses. And so if we can have that clear communication available to us we're not going we're going to be able to stop before we're triggering triggering emotional responses and nervous system responses to us so i'm going to give you some homework from this podcast uh i want you to have a look at really pay attention to how your horse is working with you if you can like even just do it on the ground where you can set up a video camera 
so that it's videoing just you being on the ground around your horse. It's really helpful. There's so many little body language cues that we just don't really notice when, when we're in the moment with the horse. We can see a lot more when we step out and we're watching the video replays. There's been so many times when, um, you know, I've got gotten video for our holistic horse handling program and gone, oh, I missed that cue and I missed that cue and I missed that cue and I missed that cue, watching back on, on the video replay. But even if you can't get access to the video, what I'd like you to do is really pay attention to your horses and see if you are triggering a nervous system reaction. So a nervous system reaction would be, um, you know, getting stressed or tense or getting up into fight, flight or freeze. It's very like, don't, don't get too caught up on whether it's a nervous system or a response or an emotional response. So they kind of go hand in hand. The nervous system is going to fire the hormonal response. Anyway, so the hormonal response is typically the emotional response, but you can come sometimes like kind of see where that uh, you could like identify it as as an emotional response to you. Yeah, don't get too caught up on whether it's nervous system or emotional or whatnot. I don't think we need to go into specific details there, uh, but you can see like nervous system tension in like tension holding behaviors. So they'll like hold through, you can see the tension go through their spine and they can clamp their tail down and they hold their head up. Like you can kind of see where it's a nervous system reaction through their spine or it's a letting go of tension and it's like going into a state of relaxation where they're shifting, um, you know, that tension out of their spine but even if we're seeing an emotional response it's going to come across as tension in their body anyway because they're interrelated so don't get caught up on their semantics of whether it's emotional or nervous system but just see if you can you know see these emotional responses whether they're positive or not so positive um to your ask uh how, how is your horse responding to these asks that you're giving on the day-to-day when you're working with them, you know, bringing them up to groom and tack them up or even bringing them up to do some groundwork? How are they responding to you? Is it building tension in their body or are they developing relaxation as their like mental focus comes online? So you see, See if you can see some of these tension holding and tension releasing behaviors and we'd love you to share them in the Stronger Bond community. Let us know what you're seeing, how your horse is responding to you and obviously if you need some help with your emotional agility work just reach out. Um, We do have some videos over on the YouTube channel with spotting body languages and we have some in the Stronger Bond community as well where you can it is it's hard it's hard to read your horse and you you can't really do a one-size-fits-all behavior across all horses you kind of have to get to know the horse a little bit to figure out what they're trying to communicate uh, with that behavior as well like an example is why does my horse bite well there is a plethora of reasons why your horse might bite and so it's really you know a trial and error process of working through each reason for that response and seeing how you can pinpoint it down and say oh when I do this that's when that happens or when um, you know this happens that happens what we're looking for is that like what is happening at the same time as you are seeing these tension holding and tension releasing behaviors that's it for me from today until next time happy trails 
If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, Building a Connection with Your Horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriumovement.com forward slash connection. And I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.